Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We consider it an honor to host you. You can stay up to date with us at BethesdaChurch.tv or on Instagram. Now let's get ready for the message. Let's give God another hand clap this morning for his presence. What an awesome presence of God. So glad to see you here today. Uh, As Pastor Josh said uh, said a few minutes ago, if you missed First Wednesday, go back and watch that. We do believe God is bringing us into a season of fresh oil. And uh, how many of God's got bigger plans than we do? Amen. Um, Welcome to week five of Shipwrecked, coming off um, the phrase relationship wrecked, if you will. Uh, I have so much enjoyed sharing these principles with you guys because uh, it's been a little different because we haven't talked about so much about dating and marriage, kind of the typical relationship stuff, which is very important and we will continue to do that. But how many know we have more than just a marriage that we have to navigate? Okay, some of you know that. Some of you uh, may not, Um, but relationships are not easy. We, we know that, that relationships never stay where we leave them. They're either getting better or they're getting worse. There's no neutral relationship. And so our life in this series, we've learned, can get stuck. And um, when we get stuck, it's usually because we think, I thought this relationship would have been a long-term relationship, but it ended up being a short-term relationship. Or maybe you thought this would be a short-term relationship, and they still hanging around. Come on, y'all. <laughs> they still hanging around. And, and so we, we have to understand that a lot of times we're stuck because people, they either um, did something we didn't want them to do, they didn't do something that we thought they should do. Uh, and so this series has not been deep, but the implications of what we've been learning in this series have been deep. Um, just some thoughts about the series. Um, a lot of times we've been talking a lot about um, a new season and, and God wants to bring all of us into new seasons of our life. But some people, because of relationships, they, God has granted them a new season, but they are still stuck in their mind. And it's not because of what happened, it's because of who happened. See, we're not traumatized or hurt by an event we're normally traumatized and hurt by a relationship. It's, it's what somebody did, what somebody didn't do. And the key to my emotional well-being is how well I discern my relationships, but also how well I properly categorize my relationships. Now, some of you are saying, that just sounds so cold. I mean, we're going to categorize relationships. We're going to create boundaries in relationships. Well, you better, or you're going to have a life of disappointment and hurt. You have to categorize, not, all relationships are not created equal. And so we have to learn that and, and discern it and then properly categorize the people in, in our lives. Listen, you can't hurt me unless I love you. But we know that love is dependent on knowledge. We love everyone. And I love everyone. But I, ch- I trust very few. Okay, so I, I love everybody, but... There, there are a lot of people, I don't trust them enough to let them borrow my leaf blower. 
right? Because we, 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 we have to understand that, that trust is developed over time. I've had people tell me before, it's, it's so funny how people are. I've had people tell me, uh, Pastor, I was offended at you for a long time. And then they'll say, but I'm no longer offended at you anymore. And I'll say, thank you. <laughs> but do you know what I thought? I didn't say it. How many think things that you don't say? Uh, I had some thoughts, you know, and, and one of the thoughts is, how does that affect me? I mean, when you were offended at me uh, and you thought negatively about me, that did not enhance me. And now that you have thought positively about me, that has not affected me or enhanced my life. I didn't wake up this morning worshiping at the altar of your opinion. Oh yeah, I'm preaching good already. So why, why take the time to share something so stupid? You were offended, now you're not, and you feel like you gotta walk me through that. You might as well just leave me in the dark because that didn't help me or hurt me. Come on, somebody. This is good. You could go home right now and it'd help you. So please understand, everybody, and this is tough, everybody can have your gift, but not everybody can have you. My gift is for the world. My anointing's for the world. But me, that's for a few. I can't give myself to the world. I can't give myself to everyone. I can give them my gift, but I can't give them me. And so we have to understand that. And so clearly defining our relationships and then setting proper boundaries so that the lines do not become blurred. Listen, if you're an acquaintance, I need to honor that boundary and keep you as an acquaintance. But if you are a friend, I need to honor that relationship as a friend and have the proper boundaries there and, and leave you in that category of, of friend. And, and where we mess up is we, get, we take people who's an acquaintance, some people will take somebody as an acquaintance, and how many know if they're an acquaintance, that's not meant for you to take your clothes off and be physically intimate. That's, that, that, that is blur, that's more than blurring the lines. That's, that's setting yourself up to be hurt and to be disappointed. And so in this series, my effort has been, it's not been so that I can undo all the relational mistakes we've all made. Uh, I can't undo that. Uh, I can't even stop us from making mistakes in the future. How many know you're not going to bat 1,000% in relationships? It's not possible. Jesus did not bat 1,000, okay? There, he had relationships that went the other way. And so we have to understand we're not going to bat a thousand, but how many believe you could do a little better than you're doing right now in your relations? Give God a praise if you believe you can do a little better. Now, today I'm going to take it to a new level because I'm going to talk to you about the power of partnership. Hit your neighbor and tell them partnership. This is going to be a little different because if I were to preach today and ask everybody in the room, how many of you want to do something great with your life? How many of you 
want to be successful? How many of you want to be blessed or produce a large amount of fruit in your life? I think most of us would raise our hand and say, Pastor, I want to be blessed. I want to do great things. I want to be successful. I think all of us believe that we were born for a purpose and a reason and we're called to do great things. Um, But with that being said, the Bible makes it very clear that multiplication For that to take place, for God to multiply your life, it will not, multiplication will not break out all by yourself. Multiplication will never break out in your life by yourself. The Bible tells us, check this out, that one can chase a thousand. It does not say two can chase two thousand. It says two can chase ten thousand. The point is, is that when we partner together, God does not add it, God multiplies it. It, it, It's why God teaches us in the word that two are better than one and that a three-string cord is not easily broken, that where two or three asking anything that God will begin to move in heaven because when we partner together, God doesn't add to us, God multiplies us. I think we ought to give God praise and expectation of multiplication taking place in our lives. And that happens not by yourself, it happens through partnership. And so we're gonna, we're gonna go and look at Luke chapter number five, starting in verse number one. It says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. And he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon or Peter, and asked him to put out a little, put it out a little more from, from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. I want you to notice that nets is plural. Not a net, but nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I mean, that's a a good, good line right there. Because you say so, he says, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners, everybody say partners, they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. And Peter's doing this because basically he thought, you know, we fished all night, we didn't catch anything, why we gotta do this again? Like I'm here washing the nets, we're done, we're tired. And then he goes and he says, because you said so, I'm gonna cast it again. And now Peter's coming back and he's saying, I'm sinful. Then he says, for For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Everybody say partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, 
left everything and followed him. The power of partnership. I think sometimes God brings us into a new season and some of us try to step into a new season based on the history of what happened last time. When God asks you to do something again, you say, I already done that one. When God asks you to do something again, I want to encourage you to just do it again. Don't talk God out of his harvest just because the last time you did it, it didn't work. It didn't produce the harvest you thought it should produce. If God asks you to do something again, I just feel led right now to tell somebody that, that's struggling because you tried before and it didn't seem to work, that maybe it's time for you to cast your nets again, that Jesus is saying in this season, try again. Again, dream again, believe again, work on the relationship again. If God tells us to do it again, don't talk God out of his harvest by going into a new season based on the history of the last season. If God says do it again, do it again. Even if it was not fruitful the last time. And Peter said, he said, I've already been fishing, Jesus. I've already tried this. We, we fish all night. There's not any fish. Like this is point. We're cleaning up. We're tired. We're ready to move on. And Jesus said, I want you to trust me. I want you to throw out the net or cast your nets again. And Jesus using net as plural, cast your nets. Listen, there is often a difference between what God has planned versus your expectation. I think sometimes God's got something planned that's on this level, but our expectation is on this level. And I, I, I want to encourage you to leave some room in your life for expectation because God wants to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or imagine according to the power that's in us. But some of us, because we've gone through a tough season, we've entered into the new season with zero expectation. And I want to lift your expectation today that God will meet us at the level of our expectation expectation. And some of us were not receiving because our expectation is here when God's plan is here. You got to leave room for expectation. And man, when you've been hurt in a relationship, one of the first things the enemy attacks with that is your level of expectation. How many has ever been hurt and you've moved into a new relationship and because you were so hurt in the last relationship, you could not trust in the next relationship? We carry, see, listen, we carry that baggage into every relationship we have. And, and it will often not only affect our expectation of what God's gonna do, but it'll, it'll affect our expectation in others. It will limit our relationships. And so Jesus is trying to tell Peter, hey, I know you fished all night, you're tired, you're worn out, you're frustrated, you didn't catch anything, but if you'll try this again, there's gonna be a catch that you've never experienced. There's gonna be a haul like none other. And Peter threw out the nets to catch what Jesus told him he would catch and the catch was so big that the nets started to break and, and in the moment, Peter had to call for his partners 
who were in another boat to come help him handle the harvest that God was bringing to them. Listen, if your partner is not helping you, they are not a partner. Partners are there to bless me, not stress me. Oh, this is going to be tough right here. See, they filled both boats so much, the Bible says that the boat started to sink. I want you to see this, guys. Please don't get religious here. This is money. Their business is fishing. Jesus shows up, and they're about to receive the biggest financial blessing they have ever received. So much so that not only are they going to be blessed, but people in other boats, their partners are going to be blessed. And, and I know some of you, you have a hard time believing that Jesus would show up and, and, and help somebody like that. We know that he taught from the boat, but because Peter was willing to offer the boat, Jesus is like, if you'll cast your nets one more time, I'm about to bless your bank account. I'm about to show you something you've never seen before. I know this is your business and it's hard and you're tired and you're worn out, but if you'll cast your nets again, I'm gonna bring something into your life that's not only gonna bless you, it's gonna bless everybody connected to you. Anybody wanna be blessed that it, can, that it starts blessing everybody connected to you that's the kind of blessing I want I want the kind of blessing that impacts others and Jesus is showing him showing them that what's happening here today with the fish because if you'll you'll recognize at the very end he, he, he ties all this to people he says what you have seen happen today is going to be translated over to people that you have been just fishermen, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. And the way you've seen a net-breaking blessing today in catching fish, there's gonna be a harvest of souls, a harvest of people that are, gonna be, that are gonna come in, and we have to make sure that our nets are strong enough to handle the harvest. I'm preaching right here. Listen, here's some points for you that I want you to write down. Let me, let me set this one up. There is a difference between fishing with a hook and fishing with nets. Fishing with a hook is about what you can do. But net is the root word of network. A net is a network of strings. And the net is only as strong as the place where it comes together. A net is no stronger than the place where it is tied. When Peter's net was tested, it was not ready for the size blessing that God was about to give him. Your nets, your ties, your relationships, please understand point one, you are greater when God casts your network than when God casts you. See, a lot of us, we fishing and we doing this God thing with a rod. But God is saying, I need you to burn the rod. I don't wanna give a rod kind of blessing because a hook is all about what you can do. 
I want you to cast some nets in this season that are strong enough to handle a net-breaking kind of blessing. Anybody ready to see God do something you've never seen him do before? See, if I could really harness the power not only of the gifts God has given me, but check this out. If I could harness the power of this entire church, those who worship in attendance with us, those who worship online with, with us, if I could harness the power of everyone who calls Bethesda Church home, the problem is, is that, that we have a hard time trying to tie everyone together. This is where the, all churches struggle, trying to tie people together. And, and so what you have is you have a lot of energy placed in a lot of different directions, but I wonder what would happen in our region. I wonder what would happen in our state if, 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 if not one person gave everything they have, but what if about 1,500 people just gave a little bit? I just wonder if 1,500 people said, I don't have to give everything, I'll give the, a little bit, but what we can do collectively will always be bigger and have more impact than what we can do individually, and in this season God is saying I don't want to cast an individual I want to cast a network because I want to bring a net breaking blessing into our lives go ahead and give God praise for that see if everyone who 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 came to the church check this out and don't 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 please don't receive this like as judgment because we're blessed, you all know I teach on finance. But what if everyone who called Bethesda Church home, what if every single person tithed? Oh, y'all gonna shout me down now. I was good until that part, Pastor. I wonder if everyone tithed. I wonder what would happen if everybody under the sound of my voice and everyone watching online found a way to use their gift to serve. I wonder what would happen if everyone who's connected to this house would use their influence, would use their social media platforms. Because it's one level for me to invite people to Easter, but what if everybody connected started asking people to come to Bethesda Church on Easter? I wonder what would happen if we really used our, our relationships and our influence, just a couple of them. What if 1,500 of us got two people to show up for Easter? You know what would happen? We would not have room to seat everybody. We would be seated in overflow. We would be standing. But you know what would happen? Hundreds of people would probably come to know Jesus Christ because we all did a little bit. We all did a little bit. Jesus made it clear that multiplication only happens when we are unified. But the enemy divides from the inside out. Listen, division is not always a bad thing. It's not always a demon thing. But division sometimes, watch this, because I think when we think of division, we think of somebody trying to divide, always. Sometimes division is people are here but just not really on board. I'm here but I'm not really fully invested. Division can be, don't include me, pastor, because what I have will not make a difference. 
But what you don't understand is while you're saying that, there could be 800 other people saying the same thing. That what I have is not significant enough. It wouldn't make a big difference. It wouldn't change lives. And while you're believing that, so are hundreds of other people believing the same lie. And now our efforts are minimized. See, you can have 1,000 people with a little that do, that, that do nothing and, and nothing gets accomplished. But if we can take everyone, and listen guys, you know how we are at Bethesda. You don't have to be here seven days a week. You don't even have to serve every Sunday. How many know we, we would appreciate if you just gave your gift, your time, your talent, and your treasure just every now and then. It could make a big difference instead of just holding that seat down. Listen, it's going to get better. I promise. We're going somewhere, somewhere really, really good. Um, the Bible says these guys fished all night in the dark and caught nothing. Have you ever tried to do something and you didn't know what you were doing? That explains the last 20 years of ministry. I feel like I've been in the dark a lot. Trying to do something that I don't really understand at times. And these guys are fishing in the dark. They came up with nothing. And, and I don't want to criticize them because watch this. At least they had the faith to do something. At least they were out there trying. And the Bible tells us that they were, they were done for the day, washing their nets. They were basically examining their nets because it takes a lot of attention to care for nets. And don't miss this point. Downtime is prep time. Downtime is prep time. Some of you are frustrated because it feels like nothing's going on. But what you don't understand is downtime is prep time. During the down seasons of our life, God gives us an opportunity to check our nets, to check our relationships. And, and if you're one of those people that believe nothing's happening, please understand something's always happening, something's always shifting, God is always moving, it's never just at a standstill, there is always something happening. It's kind of like the tree in the winter months. It looks like nothing's happening in that tree, but you cannot see the sap on the inside that once spring comes, the sap will translate to the outside because even in our winter seasons, and some of you feel like I'm in a winter season, nothing's going on, but this is an opportunity for you to check your relationships to make sure that they are strong enough for the blessing that God wants to bring in this season. God plans to bless Bless all of us so much so that everyone connected to us will have an opportunity to taste this blessing. But I got to check my nets. The place where my relationships come together. I got to check those. I got to make sure they're strong enough to handle what God wants to do. Downtime is prep, prep time. Tell somebody close to you, tell them, get ready. You know what we do during downtime usually? Nothing. But downtime, come on, is prep time. It's prep time. 
Let me, let, let me walk you through that. Noah knew it was going to rain. And he preached for a hundred years while building a boat that it's going to rain. Because downtime is prep time. I'm sure kids ask, Daddy, what do you think Pastor Noah is going to preach on today? And Pastor Noah, and, and Daddy would say, well, we know what Pastor Noah is going to preach on. He's going to say, it's going to rain. It's what he's been preaching for the last 75 years. I don't expect his message to change. But Noah understood that while he was strengthening the net of his family, while he was doing that, he understood that the entire human race depended on his family network and what they were doing so that they would be ready for the rain that was about to come. The Bible says that we should write the vision, that we should make it plain so that the people who run may read it. And the Bible says that it will not tarry long, wait on it. Wait there means like a soldier waiting to ambush his enemy. So it's basically saying that I'm going to wait, not in a spiritual lazy boy, but I'm going to wait like a soldier who is ready to seize the opportunity. And I think sometimes we are missing opportunities because we are not looking for opportunities and because we did not take advantage of the downtime being prep time. Downtime is prep time. One of the blessing, once the blessing comes, please hear me. Once the blessing comes, it's too late to check your nets. You got to check your nets while nothing's going on. You got to check your relationships while nothing's going on. Start asking, the last time I got blessed, who got crushed? Who wasn't faithful? Who left me in the middle of it? Who was there through it all? You got to examine your nets. And, and, and the reason we have to do that is because, and, and guys, you, you cry out, God, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. But you don't understand that blessing produces pressure. Some of us cannot handle the blessing because we cannot handle the pressure. When God blesses you, guess what that means? It means your responsibilities increase. The demand increases. The amount of downtime decreases. So you gotta check your nets before the blessing comes. If your partners could not handle the blessing the last time, then you're not prepared for the blessing the next time. Let's go a little deeper. I'm going to define what a partner is. And just some of you are like, well, who's my partner? Just hit your neighbor and say, wait about five minutes. Wait about five minutes. Check this out. Generally, and I want somebody to really grab this today. What you need is already around you. You just don't know how to arrange it. You don't have the spiritual discernment needed sometimes to arrange the pieces that God has already put in place for you. See, we pray and we ask God, God, give me a cake. We ask for a cake, but we don't understand 
that if God has already given us flour, eggs, come on somebody, brown sugar, if he's, if he's already given us the ingredients, then he's already given us the cake. And so we're praying for this end result kind of cake, not understanding he's already given me the elements to produce the cake. And we keep praying for a final result without understanding that everything we need for a cake is already in our possession. And some of us were complaining, God, you won't bless me. God, why don't I have the cake yet? Instead of complaining about not having a cake, why don't you thank God that he's already given you the ingredients that will make the cake that will produce the end result that you need in your life see Jesus he didn't give the two fish and five loaves to 5,000 until he first said father thank you how many know two fish and five loaves that's not enough for 5,000 but he took the two fish the five loaves, and he said, Father, thank you. I thought you would put out a buffet for us. But instead of complaining that there's not a buffet to feed 5,000 people, I'm gonna thank you. Man, I feel like encouraging somebody right here that's been thinking you don't have what it takes for your next season. Jesus said, thank you for what I do have because apparently you're gonna take what I do have and you're gonna leverage it so that everybody here, all 5,000 people will be blessed because you've already given me what I need for the next level. Why don't we take a moment and thank God that we already have what we need man I'm guilty sometimes I say God I just don't have what I need I just don't want to. and this week he challenged me Chad a lot of what you need is already around you you keep looking the reason you're you're looking 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 I've already given you the ingredients now figure it out arrange them the way you need to arrange them don't keep complaining that you don't have what you need Little is much when God is in it. You say, well, I don't have enough to launch the business. Handle what you do have appropriately and thank God for what you do have, not, not be complaining about what you don't have and watch the same way Jesus leveraged a little boy's lunch to feed 5,000 people. God will leverage what you have and where you are to get you to where God has called you. Partners are different because we have to recognize partners. Partners are all about recognition. I got to recognize them and then I got to properly place them. So you are greater when God casts your network than when he casts you. Downtime is prep time, but get this point. To recognize a partner means that I have to do an honest self-evaluation. Most people will not do or conduct an honest self-evaluation of themselves. They have too many blind spots, too many things that they, they won't look at, which keeps them from picking the right kind. You know why we really mess up in partnerships? We want to pick people who are just like us. And not understanding that 
proper partners many times should be the opposite of you. Why do we need another clone of you? You're already here. You're already invested. So God doesn't need to give you someone just like you. And the truth is, everyone in this room has a dominant strength. You have something that you bring to the table that's a dominant strength. It's a positive. You'll do more in that area by accident than some people trying on purpose because it's a strength. It's a God-given strength. But just like you have a dominant strength, guess what? You have a dominant weakness. A dominant weakness that leaks out of you the same way your strength leaks out of you. Normally, people are blind to it. They ignore it. But everyone, catch this, everyone you live with can tell you what it, what it is. Every person you live with could, if you were not in the room and they were not intimidated by your presence and they could give an objective answer, they could tell everybody what your dominant weaknesses are. And, and I, I'm bringing this up because you've got to be mature enough that your only criticism doesn't come from a critic. Tweet that. Some of us, our problem is, is the only criticism that we pay attention to is the criticism of critics. But are you mature enough that people who love you can give you some constructive criticism and you not be offended by it? My amens and claps are dropping off. The further we get into it, and, and the reason we gotta be able to do a self-evaluation of strengths and weaknesses is because friends, everybody say friends. Friends are chosen out of your assets. You both like Chinese food. You both like sports. You both like Disney. You both like shopping. How many know friends, usually there's a lot of common interests that, that ties that relationship. You do a lot of things together. You, you view the world the same. Those are friendships. And, and so, again, you're greater when God casts your network than when he casts you. Downtime is prep time. You gotta do a self-evaluation. But number four, partnerships are not always friendships. That was worth the price of admission. Some of you watching, we do not charge. Joke, bad joke. Partnerships are not formed out of your assets. Partnerships are formed out of your liabilities, your weaknesses. I don't partner with someone who possesses the same strengths I have. I'm gonna partner with someone who is strong where I am weak. I, I'm gonna partner with someone where, where they're weak, I'm strong. It's not about, we, all, we, we gotta see it the same way, do it the same way, we got the same strengths, same gifts. That's not gonna be a good partnership because if you got all the same strengths, you probably got all the same weaknesses, which means you're only seeing half the field. You're not seeing the full picture God is painting. 
And so they're chosen out of where you are weak. And here's the thing. Do you even know what your strengths are? Do you even know what your weaknesses are? Have you even taken the time to say, you know what, I'm really good at this, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be mature enough and honest, honest enough to know I'm really bad at that. Listen, it's okay. We're all bad at something. We're all good at something, and we're all bad at something. But I meet people that pretend like they're good at everything. Or that they know everything. Y'all don't know anybody like that, do you? They're not, they're, they don't have a weakness. But if we don't do that honest evaluation and we don't know our strengths and we don't know our weaknesses, listen, I need you to know your strengths because if I partner with you, I should be able to ask, what do you bring to the table? And if you can't answer what you bring to the table, then I need to end that partnership. It's not a partnership if I'm the only one bringing something to the table. I need to know what you are bringing to the table. And some of us need to quit partnering with zeros. Zero is the only number in our numeric system that adds absolutely no value to anything. And some people, because they don't do evaluations of themselves and others, they marry zeros, they date zeros, they go into business with zeros, they hang out with zeros. And what, what I'm saying is, is they've got partners in their life that bring nothing to the table. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, I'm bringing something to the table. Come on, tell somebody else, I'm bringing something to the table. Listen, know what you can bring to the table. And listen, know what you can't bring. Why do we want to lie and say, I can do that? When we know on the inside we can't. That we don't have the makeup, we don't have the gifts, we don't have the ability to, to do that, to bring that. Partnerships are chosen out of my liabilities because partnerships help complete me or help complete what I'm doing. That's a partnership. If I choose a partner that shares the same assets, we don't complete each other, we compete with one another. And the partnership now destroys us by our competition. God, when we're connected to the right people, God will multiply our efforts. So, so listen to me. We are strengthening our nets at the place where we are connected. Um, I have people on our, on our team. I have people who serve on, on, on staff. Is Greg in the room, Greg Clark? Is he in the room? He's probably somewhere. Whoop, other side. Where are you at, Greg? I can't see you. Okay, okay, awesome, awesome. I still don't see him, but they say he's here. That's how these lights are. But, but watch this. Before our church really took off, um, we hired Greg because he has a mind for business. Okay? It's not that I, I don't have a mind at all for it, 
But he knew things about business and spreadsheets and Excel that I didn't really want to learn. Come on, y'all. Or the time to learn. Now, now, now watch it. I'm going somewhere with this. Greg has worked here for, somebody give me the year. I can't see him. Is it six, seven years? Seven years. He's worked here at the church. I think I've been to Greg's house once. I'm preaching real good right here. He's been to my house maybe a couple of times in all those years. But it is a partnership that there is a lot of love and a lot of respect because we both know what we bring to the table. Y'all not catching it. We don't have to hang out at each other's house every day of the week and eat chicken wings to be partners, that, 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 that we can be partners without hanging out. But listen, watch this, in a small church setting, that would never work because the pastor can't be a partner. He has to be a friend. Therefore, the church can never move forward because instead of partnering and pastoring, the pastor has to massage the friendships. Don't shout me down while I'm preaching good. In all the years, I've only been to Greg's house a handful of times. He's been to my house a handful of times at the most. And I think they've even remodeled. I haven't even seen the remodel. Check this out. But he represents me in every bank relationship we have. He speaks like it's me sitting there. Every benevolence case this church has where we meet needs, Guess what? It's not me on the phone. Greg's on the phone. He's representing me. Why? Because we have partnered together and God wants to cast our network and not cast us as individuals because I have weak spots and blind spots and I have strengths as well. But if I can partner with the right people, God will multiply our efforts. He'll multiply our efforts. I'm going to bring this to a close. Number five, our partnerships come out of our weaknesses. I am, I, listen, I, I hate telling on myself, but you guys probably know this already. I'm very weak at times, one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes in one-on-one -on -one settings, I, I'll stumble over words or don't, I don't know what to say sometimes, but you give me a microphone and a, and a room full of people, I'm your boy. It, it's not that I can never work in that one-on-one, -on -one, but, 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 but I want you to know, you gotta know where you're strong and you gotta know where you're weak. And it doesn't mean I never work on the weakness it just means I got to know where my primary giftedness is because some of us, listen, I went a couple years recently working on weaknesses that didn't help us because I was never called to do that. Those were areas I was called to partner with someone else. And you can waste all your energy and, and waste kingdom anointing that God has given you because you've never learned how to leverage partnerships and get connected with people who are strong where you are weak 
You put Greg in a room one-on-one, he's gonna take you into the throne room. You put me in a room one-on-one, you may say, who else y'all got? I know where I'm strong, I know where I'm weak. And you gotta be honest with yourself because partnership is powerful. And guys, the most unique and complicated relationship that you have on the planet is your marriage. And the reason is because you're demanded to be best friends and partners. We partner with people who are strong where we are weak. And I don't know about you, but I am thankful that Pastor Karen is extremely strong in some areas that I am weak. I hope you feel the same way about your spouse. See, if if I was by myself, I am driven, I'm goal-oriented, I I would sit in a cave all day long and just write sermons for the multitudes. But thank God for her that that she will say, hey, Chad, you need to come out of your cave. These are people. Have you checked on your mom? Have you called your friends? Are y'all with me? Because I, I can be so disciplined that I'll become boring. And I'll sabotage important relationships, not because I don't love people. It's because my giftedness, sometimes I'll stay in that vein and she'll have to bring me back to earth and say, hey, come out of the cave. You need to call them. Need to have a meeting with them. And so you got to understand that God will connect you with people, whether it be in business, whether it be in your marriage. He's gonna connect you with people who are strong where you are weak. Peter's net was not ready for the blessing. And Peter gets a bad rap, but I, I, I wanna give Peter some love right here. Because Peter, when the, when the hall was overwhelming them, at least he had already strengthened the partnerships that when the nets were breaking, he was able to whistle and say, come over here, we got a blessing too big. And I just want to ask, have you checked your network? Have you checked the place where your relationships connect? Is it strong enough for God to bless you? Are you prepared for God to bring you that kind of blessing? Bethesda Church, God is strengthening our network and our nets in this season so that we can handle, I'm speaking prophetically now, so that we can handle the blessing that is coming our way. As the pastor of this house, God has given me authority to decree and declare net-breaking blessing over this house. I declare over Bethesda Church, net-breaking blessing not only that will impact our church, but will impact everyone connected to us. I pray net breaking blessing over your family. I pray that God brings the kind of blessing into your life that when it comes, you say, honey, I don't even know what to do with all this. I don't even know what to do with all that God has blessed us with in this season. But we gotta make sure that our network is strong enough. Our marriage is strong enough. Our partnerships are strong enough so that we can handle the blessing that God wants to bring into our lives. If you want a net breaking blessing, I dare 
dare you to stand right now and say, Pastor, I want that kind of blessing. Oh, you can do better than that. Give God a real praise today. Somebody's expectation is rising. Somebody's belief is rising. Somebody's faith is moving to another level. God is bringing you into a new season and you got to dream some new dreams. You got to get connected with some new people. You, you got to believe again and dream again and pray again and shout again and praise again and clap your hands again. Why? God's bringing you in to a new season. Come on, give him a shout of praise in the house. Come on. Amen. How many receive the word today? You receive it? Amen. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. Close your eyes. No one looking around for the next couple of moments. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor, I'm not in relationship with Jesus. I need to give my life to Jesus Christ today. I need to be saved and forgiven. I want to know that I'm ready for heaven. If that is you today, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm going to ask that right there where you are, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, Pastor, I need to be saved. Thank you for that hand back there. God bless you. Anyone else? Thank you for this hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Two people in-house. Those that are watching online, we would love to pray with you as well. Come on, lift your voice together and say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. I can't save myself. So I ask you, Jesus, to save me, to forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give those folks a big God bless you? Prayer team, please come forward and get in place. Our prayer team is ready to pray with you today. If you made that decision to follow Christ, please, 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 please take a minute to take that connect card and let us know who you are. Just write down your name and you made a decision for Christ. Maybe put an email or phone number on there. Just a way for us to follow up with you this week. And you can drop it in one of the offering buckets on your way out because we want to come alongside you and help you take your next step. We're going to sing one more worship song. And during this last song, if you need prayer, please do not leave this house without receiving prayer. Let's give God one more praise today. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can go to BethesdaChurch.tv give. We'll catch you on the next episode. Have a great day.